0: Today's episode of We Went Blues is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think blues tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time. The ticket-buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last-minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last minute tickets. Welcome to episode two of We Went Blues. Barrett Jackman, the former Blues defenseman. Uh, myself, Jeremy Rutherford of the Athletic St. Louis. And I'm coming to you from Toronto. Blues facing uh, the Maple Leafs. And it is the start of a long road trip, Barrett. Uh, they have a come-from-behind win over Dallas a couple nights ago in St. Louis. We'll touch on that in just a little bit. And now they're on the road. Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal. The New York Islanders, a stop-off at the White House. We'll also get in to that later I'm sure that uh, over the years you didn't mind going on the road that much, kind of get away from those house duties right?
1: Yeah especially uh, this early in the season it's nice to get a few uh, few days with the boys in a different city you get some uh, some meals Uh, hopefully you get uh, a day off in between a couple of games and uh, you go out have a couple beers and kind of get that bonding especially after training camp and the start of the season everything has been going on in St. Louis you you get out outside of uh, uh, the house and get, like you say, get rid of the uh, the, the chores you got to do and, and uh, <laughs> just uh, kind of enjoy and, and uh, like I say, get to know your teammates.
0: And Barrett, a day off in Toronto, probably aren't too many better cities uh, to have the day off than the Blues will have uh, on Tuesday, hey, I saw that uh, you are on Twitter, and I want to tell people that uh, I think you've been on Twitter. I think you've had the account where you kind of pay attention to everything that's going on, follow people, but uh, you weren't tweeting. But now we've got you tweeting finally. Uh, you you've joined the other side. Uh, what led you to that?
1: Yeah, I've definitely uh, been a creeper on uh, Twitter for a while. <laughs> You know, you got to stay involved. You got to hear what, uh, you know, the media is, uh, is getting wrong in, in most stories. So uh, finally, I decided, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's jump on and, uh, you know, see what we can do and, uh, you know, just kind of uh, promote the podcast a little bit.
0: So everybody's first tweet is a big one. Everybody kind of goes back years later to see what their first tweet was. And you retweeted some famous guy uh, named Jeremy Rutherford. Okay, thank you. But you tweeted the podcast. You're promoting. I I like it. You're promoting the podcast already.
1: Yeah, I'm going to the dark side. uh, Selling out, most people will say. So, um, yeah, you uh, got to get it out there a little bit. And uh, Twitter and uh, social media, you know, Instagram, all that type of stuff is – The way everybody's going so I'm going to uh, jump on and and try and uh, do my best to entertain and uh, keep people up to uh, speed with what's going on.
0: Your second tweet uh, I have your uh, three tweets you're up to three now your second one uh, said nice character win by the St. Louis Blues talking about that three to two come from behind win over the Dallas Stars and the first star now you're giving out stars even you give out the first star to the very underrated uh, Sean Farrell uh, your third tweet—it's a picture of you and your son Caden and uh, TJ Oshi—and you're saying that uh, TJ Oshi would be surprised to see you on Twitter. I think we all are, but tell us why TJ would be surprised. Well, uh,
1: right when uh, TJ and I got to know each other, the best—it's uh, kind of social media is coming out. He was kind of getting photographed in different places, and uh, yeah, he's very you know well known and uh, most popular blue and. Uh, he uh i asked for him to be my my roommate so i can kind of keep an eye on him and and try and uh, corral him from uh, getting too many pictures on instagram but um yeah so he uh, he's a guy that uh, i'm sure i bashed instagram and, and social media and he uh he would be very surprised that all of a sudden i'm uh, i'm jumping on
0: all right be honest here how many times did fans hand the camera to you and ask you to take a picture of them with tj
1: um probably every time we were together (laughs) he asked the old guy to take a picture of the uh the young guy and the uh his biggest fan uh it was entertaining it was always great Osh is the uh is one of the nicest people you'll ever meet Uh, he had time for the fans at all all stops it you know almost to a detriment he was uh, using up a lot of his time uh you know, taking pictures or visiting different people, or a lot of requests for him, uh, especially in the uh, Blues marketing side, to to visit different uh, uh, businesses and corporate sponsors and you know season ticket holders. So his time was uh, very consumed, but uh, he always did it with a smile on his face, and is one of the most lovable people you'll ever uh, you'll ever meet.
0: He did. He really did. And I remember uh, we did a radio show over in Columbia, Illinois. And uh, back then, a number of the players would stop by and and do the show. And I I never forget T.J. Oshie coming over. There must have been 400 people that showed up that night at the bar and they were wrapped around the building. You know, I saw, you know, some crazy things that night. Do you recall what's the craziest thing you ever saw, you know, in terms of fans meeting T.J. Oshie?
1: Oh, that's hard to say. Uh, just multiple times, uh, you know, people trying to sneak pictures of them. Uh, you know, just you know, girls going crazy. It's uh, you got a fourteen-year-old girl, and then the mom's coming up and trying to put the arm around them, giving big hugs, and uh, hey, please, can't take a picture with you. And it seems like uh, you know the mom's arms would be wrapped around just as much as the uh, the daughter, but. <laughs> Uh, like I said, he had time for everybody and he, he never, uh, never turned down an autograph or a pitcher and it didn't matter if it was inconvenient for him. He would still uh, you know, make, uh, make a kid or, uh, or a fan's day uh, you know, one of the best that they'll ever remember tough life number 74
0: had uh, you know early 20s living in St. Louis Um, but sticking with T.J. Oshie just for a minute because you know I remember uh, Barrett seeing you guys on the road you guys were together a lot and you know had that relationship and you know you said you asked to be roommates with him and kind of keep an eye on him a little bit just how did that relationship blossom and you know from an outsider's perspective I really saw him grow up and mature what was that process like?
1: Uh, It was fun um yeah, you know, he he missed the practice the one day, and you know, a lot of people were uh, you know were all over him. I just wanted to to be his roommate just to to show that uh, you know we all were behind him. He was he was a great player. He always put everything on the ice uh, in practice. He was always the first one out there, last one off. He he had time for everybody. He you know we do drills with uh, you know with guys that were younger than him, older, whatever he could do to make people better. He always. Uh, Wanted to do that, and when I asked to be his roommate, to, you know, I just figured I just wanted to be around him and, and see what made him tick. And I've never had more more fun uh, hanging with a guy in my life. He uh, he bounced out of bed every morning uh, with a smile on his face and let's go. And it you know it rubbed off on me more than I think I rubbed off on him. He uh, he always had that energy. I remember one time. I think we were in Columbus. Uh, we had a pregame skate, went back to the hotel, had our, our pregame meal. And he was walking out when uh, I was sitting down. Um, he was going up to the room. He stopped by, I had my plate of food. He comes over, hey, Jax, uh, you know, what can I do for you? Um, you know, anything you need in the room, you want me to fluff your pillow, you can do this, all that. <laughs> and not even thinking, I go, you know what, can you warm up my bed for me? And uh, he goes, yep, yep, right away, I got it. And didn't think anything of it. Walked into the room, you know, put the key in the door, open up. And just as I walk in the room, Osh jumps out of my bed and uh, just goes, okay, it's, it's ready for you. <laughs> I just started laughing. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, your bed's nice and warm. I've been doing uh, snow angels in there for the last 15 minutes, so it's ready to oh go for you. Oh, my it. goodness. And oh from my then goodness. on, uh, I think it was every time Osh was in the room before me, he would... Uh, he would warm up my bed for me. So he's just, um, uh, he's a funny guy. He, he's uh, hes always playing, uh, playing jokes. He's always making people laugh. And uh, just, uh, you know, happy to get to know him and, and you know, actually call him my, uh, my little brother and, and talk to him uh, quite regularly.
0: Yeah, I'll never forget. I was on the phone with uh, Brett Hall doing an interview with him. And it was the time when Osh missed the practice that you just referenced. And you know, towards the end of the interview I'm talking to Brad about something completely different. And I just thought to myself, uh, should I ask him about Osh missing practice? You know, he had a late night out on the town. And, you know, Brett obviously had a number of those. And I think, uh, why not? You know, I'll, I'll ask Brett. So, hey, Brett, what do you think about Osh missing practice? Is that, you know, say something about him? Is that his fault? And Brett, uh, I can't do a very good Brett voice, but he says, hell no. That's his teammate's fault for not banging <laughs> on his door and getting him to practice. That's not his fault. That's their fault. So uh, Brett obviously had a few of those nights too, but his teammates were able to, uh, I guess, make enough noise banging the door and get him to practice.
1: Yeah, in the dressing room, we all remember that comment from Brett. So um, yeah, we uh, we did take exception to that, but uh, you know it, it was our fault and it was Osh's fault and it was everybody. It was just a a bad time. We had a we had a very weak team uh, that wasn't doing so well, and and things just. Uh, you know, things is uh, when you're when you're not playing well, when your team's not doing well, uh, things like that are are big news. And if you're winning, and it really uh, it really doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. So Barrett, we had a bet. Uh, you said that uh, OSHA's going to like to see you on Twitter. Uh, maybe he'll follow you even. Uh, but uh, when you got on Twitter, you had four followers a couple days ago and uh, i think i tweeted out hey follow my friend barrett jackman my podcast partner and that got you up to about 67 i wasn't very proud of myself i could only get you 63 followers so the best time to tweet is during the game everybody's eyes are on twitter so i tweeted uh when the puck dropped the other night against dallas uh follow Barrett jackman and we made a bet i said hey if i can get you to 250 followers by the end of the night uh, what do you say a six pack and you agreed and i think we got you there i think uh you're up to 500 just a couple hours after that and up to a thousand now i think you you might have eclipsed a thousand pretty good
1: yeah i'm over a thousand now and i I tweeted one more time for you so
0: um, oh you did i think i'm up to four four tweets if you're uh if you're up to date uh did uh anything i need to know about any scoops here
1: um, yeah, you're gonna be uh, sharing beers with uh, Brian Stahl. Was the 1,000 follower? Uh, uh, oh, okay. So, yeah. Wow. That
0: was the, uh, Check it out.
1: Yeah, so you have to share those uh, those
0: six uh, Bud Lights with uh, with Stully. All right. Well, we'll fill up my fridge with those. Uh, Barrett the Blues, as we mentioned, came from behind and beat Dallas three to two Saturday. Sammy Blay a goal and an assist. Uh, really, the story through the first two games of the season. Uh, to me, I realized the the puck the other night. The game winner went off his backside, and in you get credit for it. But he's in the right place at the right time. He's working hard. Uh, I've actually got a story about Sammy Blay up at the Athletic uh, St. Louis right now. Uh, I know you've had a chance to to see a little bit of him over the past couple of years and early on in this season. What are your thoughts on uh, on Sammy Blay?
1: I think he's a great competitor. Uh, I- He's a big body. They can skate well. He's he's got some some good hands, and he's got a bite to his game. Uh, he he really complements that line with with Perron and O'Reilly, and uh, I think every one of them is uh, a puck possession guy. Uh, you know what uh, O'Reilly does with with the puck and his uh, tenacity and uh, just the way that he can. He just, you know, seems to always have the puck, uh, puck around him. He's a, a little bit of a puck magnet, and then Perron, his skill and his strength uh, on his uh, on his skates are are really big. And then you know you get the kind of the bull in the in the China shop uh, with with Blay that yeah he he's going in he's he's not afraid to get his nose dirty and and he's he's got some some good instincts and uh and and that bite is really gonna bring the energy to that line i I watched him play in uh San antonio where you know he's gone out he's scored two goals he's got an assist and you know he's still chirping he's he's still uh, you know running around hitting guys and yeah that that's really what kind of uh you know piqued my interest in him is just his compete level uh it doesn't matter if he's got you know a couple goals or or the way that the game's going, he's always in there, he's always staying involved and, and bringing that energy.
0: Now, I don't want to go overboard. We're not talking about Keith Kachuk here or Jerome Aginla just yet, but when you're a defenseman and you got a guy skating towards you and he's got some skill, but he's also got some power. You know, there's a little bit of a power forward or physicality to his game. Just what makes those guys so much more difficult to defend than say a guy coming across and you know you what know he's gonna to try to do with the puck skill-wise? Uh, it just brings a different element.
1: Um, you never know, uh, if he's going to come at you, he's going to dangle between your legs under your stick or whatever. If you're, if you're trying to lunge at him and, and, you know, maybe play him physically, uh, he, he has that element where he can run over you. Uh, he might, you know, put the puck right behind you and then, and, you know, dump you on your, uh, your ass and, and skate around you. So uh, I remember, you know, when I played with, uh, uh, Eric Weinrich and Ovechkin was coming down the ice, and we all know how uh, explosive and and how skilled he is, and and he makes people look stupid. And all he did was ran right over uh, Weinrich, uh, uh, knocked him over, went in and scored. And you know we all thought he was going to try and dangle, but uh, that's just a different element of uh, you know to to put on a defenseman to think about is. Is a guy? Is he going to come in? He's going to play physical, or or when you try to lean on him, is he just going to jump out of the way and make you fall down and make you look silly? So, uh, Sammy's got the, you know a lot of tools in that toolbox, and yeah, I just hope that he uh, continues to you know to stick to the fundamentals and, and play hard and play physical and, and uh, you know continue to uh, produce with that line.
0: Yeah, it was one of the big question marks coming into the season. Who would play that left side on that second line with O'Reilly and Perron? You had uh, Sanford, you had Fabry could have uh, fit that bill, and, and Sammy Blay. But uh, I know it's only two games, but two games into the season, it looks like the Blues have uh, have a guy who could answer that question. Hey, Barrett, also Saturday was a character win. You uh, did uh, mention that in your tweet. And You know, it's not too early in the season for character wins, especially for a team like the St. Louis Blues. All the talk, you know, can they – uh, repeat or you know can they even uh, be as strong of a team as they were last year and so you know you have two games to start the season at Enterprise Center you lose the first one uh, in overtime you know you don't want to go 0-1-1 to start the season and then go on this uh, long road trip so to do what they did the other night come back and score a couple goals in the third period something they didn't do a lot of uh, last season says a lot I think about this team realizing that uh, it can't get off to a poor start. It can't entertain the questions about the Stanley Cup hangover. So big win. Yeah, uh, like you mentioned, uh, he has so much success,
1: and and to if you were to go down, uh, you know, one and one to start the season, uh, fans would kind of be okay with it, but they would still be questioning. You know, what kind of a hole are they going to dig themselves into? Especially with the, like you said, this uh, this road trip. It's going to be. A, you know, pretty tough one uh, to start the season. But, uh, you know, the character is something in the, in the chemistry that, uh, you know, if, if you have a good period, you, you take one off and you come back in the third and, you and you you know, you, you play well again. Uh, just be able to keep those lulls, uh, those, you know, those those bad uh, habits uh, to a minimum. And, you know, I think the boys have been doing that. I think they're keeping the energy up. Uh, that first game is a real – you know, roller coaster ride for them to to raise that banner and then come out hot and then you know I, I don't know how many shots they got in the second period and then you know play better in the third and and made it a game and kind of the same uh, script against Dallas and you know Dallas is a pissed off team they came in and you know if you, when you lose in Game Seven in double overtime and uh, against a you know a rival you're going to be uh, a little pissed off when you come in and they, they show that but you know Blues stuck together. Or, uh, right to the, uh, you know, 30 seconds after the, uh, the final buzzer and, and, uh, and, and got that win. And I think Sean Farrell, like I said before, was a, you know, that was a, a pivotal uh, part of the game when he you know, reviewed that offside and, and you know, got that uh, goal taken back.
0: Yeah, for those who don't know the name Sean Farrell, he's on the Blue staff. He's their video coach, uh, well-respected uh, hockey man. Barrett knows him. And, you know, this is part of the podcast where uh, we told you last week that we don't want to go over the, the highlights and, and talk about the, the scores. and uh, But I think what we can do is give you uh, more behind the scenes stuff about who these guys are, and you know Sean Farrell. Uh, even though he's on the staff, he's not out on the bench. He's not up in the sky in the press box watching the game, as you know, Barrett. He's back in a room uh, with all the video equipment, and he's watching the action. And so he sees that that's a, an offsides on Dallas uh, on the play that they scored. And so he tells coaching staff to to challenge it, and they did. They won the challenge, so instead of two to uh, three to one, it's two to one still. And then uh, Braden Shin comes back and scores. Tell us a little bit about. Uh, the Sean Farrell you know, and just what he can bring in terms of uh, that hockey experience. Yeah, well, Sean's the—he's uh, the guy that doesn't get to sleep in the, uh,
1: in the coaching staff. He's—he's uh, uh, he's cutting film. He's doing uh, uh, power play, uh, penalty kill. He does the uh, all the five-on-five breakouts, all that type, all the all the structure stuff that the team needs and the pre-scouting. He, he's the one that cuts all that video and. And then during games, he's in there. Um, he's got this laptop in front of him. Every key on his laptop is labeled something different. So, uh, you know, he hits the uh, you know entries into the zone, exits out of the zone, uh, hits shots. All this type of stuff is all you know teed up on his computer. So he's got to start marking stuff, and then he's got to watch the uh, the game, and and he's got the earpiece in and the mic, and he. He's talking back and forth to the coaches about different uh you know things that are going on in the ice that maybe we could change and uh, i know every entry I, i've sat up top uh in the box with with steve Ott uh, last year before he got on the bench and uh and dave alexander the goaltending coach and you know they're talking every entry they're like okay is that the, you know mark that one check it see if that's the offside or not and right away there's there's probably six different views that sean has on his uh on his monitor down in the room uh, and you know it's it's a small room that I, mean, I could see why uh, you know Sean's got the, the sunken eyes and the big old beard because uh, you know, he's looking at so many different things and uh, he might have one guy that's sitting in there with him kind of helping and, and checking those uh, those entries but if he see something that's off right away he, he lets the bench know and it's a possible offside if something happens then you know, they can look back at it really quick and, and make that call, and it's uh, it's really a judgment call for him. But it's, uh, it, it's a very uh, tedious, uh, you know, job, but uh, he, he does a great job, and then he showed the other night.
0: Yeah, maybe that's the thing. He just doesn't have a razor back there. Maybe for those who know what Sean looks like, uh, we'll have to tweet a picture of him for everybody to see it. Uh, they don't have a razor back in the coach's office, so that's why he's got that ZZ Top-type beard. Well, Barrett, we uh, told you earlier in the show that uh, I'm in Toronto with the St. Louis Blues and and you know what the media is like here. Uh, there's a ton of them. And there's a big storyline with the St. Louis Blues and that's the contract extension of Alex Petrangelo after Braden Shen signed last week. All eyes are on Petrangelo now. We've speculated that that AAV could be as much as uh, 9 million plus. So kind of some rumors floating uh, that the Petrangelo deal uh, could be close. Uh, found out today that that's not quite uh, the case, uh, but you're Alex Petrangelo. You're in Toronto. You have 30 media members around you with a, a storyline like this going on. Uh, boy, you can expect that uh, there's going to be a lot of gossip. This is what they live for up here. Just you know, to be in Petrangelo's shoes up here with, with all this media, uh, what's it like? I know you didn't, you haven't been in a situation like Alex before, uh, but you can imagine, right?
1: Yeah, I wish I was in that uh, situation arguing <laughs> whether it was uh, you know nine million or uh, eight and a half or or the term. But uh, yeah, it's it's terrible timing uh, t- to have that, that rumor thrown out there. Um, I, I guarantee they're going to ask him those questions anyways. But there's going to be uh, you know more questions and and more you know more kind of you know prying for insight on on where the contract talks are at and. Uh, Petro, it's his hometown, and all these people are, are uh, you know, it, it's just swarms. It, it's amazing how many people you, you know. You go in St. Louis, you might have 20 people, uh, you know, on a on a busy night in the in the locker room, and Toronto, you can have a you know a, a team meeting, and there'll be you know 150 people that are just waiting to run into the room, and they haven't even seen anything on the ice. So it's uh, it's a different market. There's 25 different. Uh, you know, outlets of, of, uh, of media, they get to put out a story every day and uh, there's a lot of things that get blown out of proportion. They, they might report that you changed, uh, you know, the, you went from six uh, you know, lines of tape on your stick to seven and, and you know, they, they start digging in uh, why, why that has happened.
0: That's something it really is something else. And, you know, this is a big storyline back in St. Louis, too. Uh, I mentioned the nine million dollar AAV figure, but bear it with uh, Braden Shen and Justin Falk both getting long term in exchange for a lower AAV than what you might have expected. You know, I just have this thought that why not the same thing with Alex Petrangelo? And that's not to say that he won't get nine million, uh, but he's a guy who's going to be 30 years old in January. And uh, he's got the family back in St. Louis, the triplets, the native St. Louisan uh, wife. And uh, if if he's a guy who could sign an eight year contract, which you can do with your current team, you know, and, and if it's eight, seven, five, nine, somewhere in there, it seems like that's a deal. Uh, that might work out for both sides any thoughts on where these two sides could find some middle ground
1: yeah um, it, it's hard to have a guy sign till he's 38 but you know if there's a guy that that can do it uh, and maybe play till he's 38 I think Petro's uh, he's that guy he's he keeps getting better each year uh, yeah he, like you said he's gonna be 30 um, but an eight-year deal would be very friendly to uh, to the Blues if his first five years he's he's uh, uh, you know he's getting you know still getting that that number that that he really wants and um, the the collective bargaining agreements uh, you know is, is definitely a question but we got that for two more years and then we got a big TV contract so that's gonna bump up the salary cap so. If you can get all these guys, uh, you know Shan at six and a half, and and uh, you know Falk at the same thing. These guys in three four years, those those might be average uh, contracts. So um, you know Army's, I'm, you know I know him and Ryan Miller, uh, his uh, uh, his cap guy. They they've looked at every scenario, and and they know exactly what's going to help the team in the next five years, and and what's going to uh, handcuff the team in in eight. So. They look at every angle, and, and you know Petro has has done the same thing with his agents, and uh, I'm I'm sure Petro's kind of pushed that off in the agents right now and said, hey, if, if we got something close, then you know talk to me. And he just wants to play hockey right now.
0: Well, and it's a situation just like with uh, Braden Shen. The first five years, there's a no trade. The last three years, uh, it's a limited no trade, and uh, also the salary uh, dips. So it's a situation where down the road you could entertain the idea of uh, trading these guys. If, if that's what it calls for. So it is a lot of long term, uh, but it does keep the player in the fold, Barrett, uh, while uh, things uh, right now are open for the team to, to, to win a Stanley Cup, add to the one that they won last year. Uh, So, you know, it it makes sense to me, but is Petro a guy who's going to want nine plus million dollars on a shorter term deal? We'll have to see where those negotiations are. But the information I got was that a deal uh, wasn't imminent right now. Okay, Barrett, we want to touch on the fact that uh, the Blues are going to go to the uh, White House on Tuesday. That's, of course, a tradition with all uh, championship teams across the board uh, the Blues will get their chance on Tuesday. A lot of politics going on these days. We won't get involved in that. But uh, from a player perspective, probably a pretty unique situation, something that uh, all players look forward to doing when you win a championship, stopping by the White House. And uh, some of your friends on this team will get that chance on Tuesday.
1: Yeah, when you get, when you get 19 Canadians on the uh, championship roster, I don't think they really care if they go to the White House <laughs> or not. Is, uh, is really the biggest thing. Uh, Right now, uh, politics aside, who cares uh, who the president or all of that, but, um, you know, it is, it is kind of cool. It's a, it's a great tradition for uh, uh, championship teams to be there. But, yeah, like I said, there's, there's so many Canadians that are on this team that, you know, rather probably have the day off in, uh, in St. Louis rather than uh, be in Washington and, uh, you know, get, get all gussied up to take one pitcher and, uh, and then get shuttled out of the, uh, out of the White House.
0: Yeah, you're saying they don't care. It's it's reality TV. Come on. Uh, plus, you're probably right. It's the uh, end of like a nine day road trip, and they're gonna have to stop there on the way home. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, yeah, hey, Barry, you know, uh it,
1: it's it's great all the things for uh, for the cup and all that. But you know, I, I really think these guys are, are looking forward to to, uh, to putting this behind and and just kind of uh, getting back to to playing hockey and and then worried about the uh, the next Stanley Cup uh, opposed to the one that they've. Uh, You know, is kind of behind them right now.
0: Yeah. Last thing uh, we'll go through here, kind of a fun thing, and then uh, you've got something you want to tease for the Friday episode of the podcast. Uh, Tim Beaver, a real good friend, St. Louis Blues History is his Twitter account. Uh, He sent me this email, so you can thank him after I read some of these to you. He he says this uh, was in a game program back in 2002, and it's called 20 Questions with uh, Barrett Jackman. So you have not seen this. You know, I told you I might have something – Uh, to throw your way during the podcast this is what it is it's 20 questions with bear jackman so we're going to roll through this and i'm going to read some of the answers that you gave then and see if you these answers are any different now 20 years later uh last good (laughs) (laughs) last good movie you saw uh you said back in 2002 was ice age i don't even know if i've heard of that movie is that uh, it's an
1: animated uh, movie (laughs) (laughs) name a country
0: pull it up with your kids you'll love it all right, we'll do it. Name a country or city you would like to visit, South Africa. Have you been okay. there yet? I have not, no. Not? Nah, still like been there, though, yeah. What was the first concert you attended? Do you remember this answer? Ooh, um, was it Dixie Chicks, maybe? No, but you just admitted on the podcast that you went to a <laughs> Dixie Chicks concert. This was tragically <laughs> hip. Okay, uh, Any. On. Any pet peeves? Um, now I know why you get so mad when I get on the uh, podcast late here, because your pet peeve back in 2002 was being late. <laughs> oh, I thought it would be stupid questions from uh, media <laughs> members. But I, guess I wasn't uh, uh, privy to that yet. Favorite St. Louis restaurant? This is the best. This one's the best. <laughs> what is it, Eat Right Diner?
1: Steak and Shake.
0: <laughs>
1: oh. Oh, I did, did frequent there when
0: I was uh, when I was younger, before I had a problem with my pants fitting. Oh man, I know that problem. What uh, what's the restaurant now? Let's ask that same question twenty years later. Uh, Paul Manos by far. Yeah, I Best figured i would say that. That's
1: You'll ever have, and uh, any kind of his pasta is uh, is awesome.
0: All right, we'll roll through a few of these. We're, uh, we're getting towards the end of the podcast. Biggest fear, spiders, so you're kind of a sissy there. Uh, name a TV show you stay at home to watch. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe I didn't remember this one. American Idol. So okay. he went to a Dixie Chicks concert, and he watches American Idol. Favorite dessert, Cinnabon, fast food, McDonald's. Did you play any other sports? Baseball, favorite number we all know. That's number five. Best advice you ever received? Back then, it was don't don't burn your bridges. What is it now? Oh, geez. probably the same thing. Yeah.
1: No, you know what? Treat everybody uh, everybody the way you want to be treated. It's probably the, That's probably uh, the best thing that Al McKinney has always uh, kind of harped. Yeah,
0: looks like we had the favorite uh, same favorite class in school. We both said lunch. <laughs> uh, favorite website hockey DB. I use that a lot. Uh, you probably can go on there and, and check out your stats. Uh, best place to go for a beer. I guess this is St. Louis, Christina Lake. I'm not familiar.
1: Time and place, Christina Lake. Yeah, yeah it's uh, back uh, about 45 minutes from my hometown. So. Was, oh, okay, uh, okay. Nice and relaxing, and, but uh, St. Louis would be Obi Clark's, my, my buddy Obi
0: Jimmy's the best Favorite sports Other than hockey uh, You said football And let's ask you CFL or NFL? Yeah let's ask you that I don't know how you get into the (laughs) CFL But (laughs) Uh, Name a movie You have watched numerous times This could have been the name of our podcast Dumb and Dumber Dumb and Dumber Yep (laughs) You remember it (laughs) Is that still your favorite? Still my favorite yeah Oh, that's the best. Uh, best place to get ice cream. What flavor? Mm. Ice creamery. And the flavor is. You Huckleberry? Rolo.
1: Tracks? Rolo. Yeah, there you go. Rolo.
0: Rolo's good. And how do you pass time on the charters? Hmm. Probably watching movies, but uh, playing cards
1: later in the Playing a little cards. Now.
0: Yeah hey before we get out of here um let's not tell the story but let's tease it so they can come back friday and listen to the details uh you told me a little bit about this uh back in your playing days somebody wanted you to sign an autograph and uh let's just say the place where they wanted you to sign was a little bit different than most
1: yeah uh, i've been asked a few times to sign some different things and uh yeah, there was uh, there was one autograph signing that uh, somebody came up and asked for uh, a special request. So we'll talk about that uh, on our Friday podcast, and uh, we'll leave it at that, and let people uh, you know maybe they can uh, tweet me and, and ask me if uh, maybe give their uh, their opinion on the worst worst places that I've signed.
0: You can now tweet Barrett Jackman. He's on Twitter at Barrett Jackman five. That's B A R R E T. J A C K M A N five. He's up over a thousand followers now. We finally got him on Twitter, uh, so we can look forward to some of your tweets, Barrett. And since we're up in uh, Toronto, we want to point out that uh, the Leaf Report, uh, Jonas and, and James Myrtle do a podcast up here that uh, you can listen to and get the latest on the Leafs. That's at the Athletic. Uh, dot com. So for Barrett Jackman and myself, Jeremy Rutherford, that was episode number two of We Went Blues, the podcast uh, brought to you exclusively at The Athletic St. Louis. And we'll be back with you on Friday. Thanks for tuning in.